0: This is Story in Mind with uh, Moss Whelan and... Scott Betson.
1: Yours yours truly.
0: (laughs) And uh, we're just finishing up at the VCon meeting, and we're uh, discussing a panel, but we're also... You just asked me about...
1: Uh, my past with ViCon, yeah and you and you assumed or you thought that I thought because of the past you mentioned that you went to VCon in the 80s I didn't know how many times you, mm, you have yeah, gone that's yes. right Yeah, my last ViCon experience or anything involving VCon was originally nothing but games in 2017 That was my first experience with anything involving VCon or the West Coast Science Fiction Association. Right. But I went to this past year's, which was a tribute to Douglas Adams and other uh, various British uh, performances, including Doctor Who, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, and so on and so forth. I do believe you also hosted a panel, didn't you, Moss?
0: Well, uh, yeah, and uh, the the confusion was, let's see. I had I had been there in the 80s yes. and what what had happened was I volunteered I sat at a desk
1: yeah.
0: the whole time I didn't I didn't do anything I didn't go any panels I didn't go any okay. parties and so uh, so that was it for me I was like I was kind of confused and yeah. I, I didn't know what
1: to do and that happens uh, with a lot of us I mean <laughs> my first convention I was also the same way I didn't know what to do exactly I didn't know anything about any of the panels or anything like that but this is a couple of years now that I've had that experience.
0: And so for me, uh, actually last year was the first time that I had been on panels, but I, I had done other public speaking before that. I've done a bit of teaching.
1: Um, how about you actually? Any any public sc- speaking stuff? I could definitely say with public speaking, I've been more or less, for my past, for that, I've done a little bit of like actual vocal performances with the Variety Show at Vancouver last year. And this past year I did that as well as host the Variety Show and also do the opening and closing ceremony. So I've had some scripted uh, public work, you could say, in that sense. And if I was asked to do more for VCon this year in the same sense of hosting a panel of sorts, being their uh, master's ceremonies for it, I would definitely provide the same sort of entertainment that one would provide if it's impromptu and improvisational. Right.
0: The, uh, the, the panel that we've been talking about uh, doing together is, I I think it's called Packing for the Superhero City. Yeah, like
1: Supervillain or Superhero City. We're just thinking like Superpowered City would probably be the best way to go about it. So you can kind of like make it your own like idea of what you want to pack for. So if you want to be one of the supervillains of say Metropolis or whatever, you want to have an outfit that you want to bring with you, but you also want to have it not so um, conspicuous. So one would figure out, okay, is this person like, say, Captain Boomerang or some other rogues gallery from another comic book franchise or something of the sort, or is it someone that is a superhero that thinks they're still in Metropolis or something of the sort?
0: It's it's an interesting opportunity to... Uh, kind of like almost change your identity like say if you've been having trouble as a superhero or a supervillain then yeah. you can you know say okay i'm gonna change up and change yeah. my costume and move to metropolis
1: or, or wherever, wherever it may be we don't really know the exact uh theming f- well, we know the theming is super powered for this year's vcon but we don't really know where exactly we can place it we could place it in a realistic time setting of where we are in the current day or it could be sometime in the future we don't know we can just make it up as we go along
0: right and i guess in in setting up a panel i think of it like uh designing
1: a uh, a lesson
0: like yeah. say if you're going to sort of teach people or something
1: yeah that's what i was thinking about as well because i remember your panel last year how to pack for the tardis which was quite a fitting theme for last year was actually a good idea for the most part and I'm thinking why not go with something along that lines at least like have an idea of what you want to pack for like what you want to bring with you if you want to bring a masquerade mask or a cape or what you're going to bring for your superhero or supervillain like outfit as well as how you're going to go about wearing it are you going to change into a phone booth or are you going to uh, (laughs) do something like Clark Kent would do when he was turning into Superman or are you going to Find yourself in a underground layer that you're going to use. Like, how are you going to go about it? That's what we're. Thinking oh, about. so so this is even
0: say um, outfitting yourself. Yes, like, like, like you just become a super super yeah. person, but and you and don't know
1: how to pack to like move to a different city and kind of change your identity about. It. Right. Yeah. Because I mean, there are some of those sort of mediums that have done that in the past. I do believe there's this one Argentine. Comic known as Cyber Six that did something similar to that, especially with their television show in the 90s, where they kind of didn't really show how the person got the outfit, but at least showed that they had an everyday Joe job as a teacher by day, while everyone else just thought that that's what they were, instead of being uh, a super heroic android. Right. Right. Something along that lines. Like that's what we're. That's what I was thinking because I'm thinking, okay, if you are Gifted with these so-called powers that you probably find at, like, say, Professor Xavier's Academy for Gifted Students in the X-Men series, how would you go about it in your everyday life, being able to not show them off, but at least be able to use them for the like the good of the good of humanity or for your own personal benefits? Just to shift gears
0: a little bit, what has your experience been reading comic books, like, say? Um, What would you say is your favorite kind of stuff?
1: Honestly, I'm not too certain. I've had quite a few varieties of comics that I've read in the past. I've read a few of Frank Miller's graphic novels. I don't know if I'd call those comic books, but they still have the same sort of medium that follows something of that sort. I've read a little bit of uh, Alan Moore's work. I've read some of the original Marvel and DC comic characters that have been out for however long, like superman batman spider-man all those sorts of characters and i can say that i've read some of them that i've enjoyed like i mean the most recent one i can say I enjoyed for the most part was probably when i read one of the issues of spider-man twenty ninety nine which was not involving one peter parker but instead miguel o'hara in the year twenty ninety nine ah. but what about yourself moss do you have any experience in that field yeah. Yes.
0: Yes, I do. Um, I'm just, I was just thinking about what comic books I read and got into. and You mentioned Alan Moore, and actually yes. I, I got into Swamp Thing. Oh, it, yes. it, was, uh, it, was used, it was a used bookstore, and they had comics, and very yeah. cheap. And... Understandable.
1: I mean, if they're used, it's still, at the same time, still something that you could still say you've read. Yeah. Even if it's not fresh off the comic book pages, like, at least you're reading something that someone else may have enjoyed in the past. And you might find uh, more interesting as well. Oh,
0: I didn't think about that, yeah. So, uh, Swamp Thing, and... Um, so I know the old Swamp Thing, but I don't really know the new Swamp Thing, so it's interesting to see, sort how of say, yeah. Gone about it? Yeah, yeah changes. Because um, Alan Moore had a had a take on it, and now
1: it's sort of yeah, gone. Yeah, kind of like and, and how up. he had a take on uh, From Hell, which was about Jack the Ripper. Yeah. And how he also had a take for his toot tot t- 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 Totalitarianism with V for Vendetta. Oh yes, well said. But at the same time, that one was more of a reaction to what was going on during the time that he uh, created the said comic. Uh, it doesn't matter. Okay. Doesn't we're, matter which way I go.
0: We're 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 figuring out where to go.
1: Which direction to head towards? If we're heading towards Edmonds, which would be more of a longer trek for yourself.
0: And so this is this is uh, towards, the Metro Town.
1: Yes, that would probably be easier for you to get to because you did say you resided resided near. Uh, Well said. Did not want to expose your identities. Location. That's right. Yes. It's not like we're the Teen Titans or anything like that. Which, speaking of which, I do believe just had a recent uh, animated comic book movie sort of come out in the past year or so. Well, they did. Uh, and two there was a TV show for the Titans Yes there was quite out. a few There was the original one that came out in I think, the early 2000s And then they had the most recent one Which the movie was based on and I do believe there were a few uh, Celebrity cameos of sorts in that Medium Which I'm surprised they actually were able to get the money for For example One was uh, this one person That isn't really known for doing superhero comic book movies Very well but still did it nevertheless And this was uh, One Nicolas Cage whom oh. I believe wow. was the one and only Cal because he is quite the fan of it. He is quite the fan of uh, Superman, if I recall correctly.
0: Well, and I, I know that uh, there was a plan to do a Superman movie, maybe Superman Returns maybe? Yeah,
1: very, very early 90s I think, before yeah. anything else happened. And it was
0: supposed to be helmed by Tim Burton but yeah that, with Nichols Cage yeah it fell through but it was very cool um, I I've seen the documentary for that and it's I can recommend it
1: yeah I definitely think I've seen a little bit of that I know he did that and then what else did uh, the young man do I think he, besides, well, at the time he was young right and now I think the last thing I remember him doing was uh, the Ghost Rider films for Marvel Comics at the time and so what what did you think about the Ghost Rider Well the first one I enjoyed for a fang. I definitely enjoyed the whole backstory about how he found his powers, how he did a deal with someone that he didn't expect to be so evil, Mm -hmm. but I made him more of the anti-hero in the end of it all. Because how he transformed was quite the quite the graphic and quite the brutal change. It wasn't like instant like how Spider-Man caught his powers or Daredevil how he caught his during those during their films. Like I mean Respectively, Matt Murdock was blinded by some biohag- biohazard, biohazardous biohazard- waste while Peter Parker was just bitten by a spider. And then like, after the rest of the day, he started to feel very unwell and then later somehow developed his powers without even knowing.
0: This seems to be... It, it almost sounds like a trope, how the superhero gets their powers. Yes,
1: it is. It's almost like there's a systematic change that is provided with each character, it feels like. I would definitely say with the exception of, say, the X-Men, because not all of them have been given their powers so quickly. There have been some that have been given them through such a sudden change in their whole DNA that they just don't know what to do with it. For one example, that would be Logan, known as Wolverine. He did have his powers just come out of nowhere after an immense amount of rage that he was unable to control. But later at the time, I do believe they use him for the Weapon X program as well.
0: I'm just uh, I'm just thinking about younger... Like, say,
1: at what age one becomes a superhero. Yeah, I'm also getting the same, but it's... It could be at any time, really. I mean, with Rider, it was more or less after he's done a few things... Just it, as a motorcycle stuntman. And then later, I do believe the character of Mephistopheles... Asks him to do something for him, and he has no real choice because he signed a contract. So that was more or less, once he was given his powers, he could use him how he wanted to but later he decided to become a spirit of vengeance after his contract was uh, completed it would be interesting to have a
0: senior citizen become a superhero it like would be, yes. like a like a Spider-Man, you know an an old man gets bitten by a spider. A spider,
1: yes. Senior Senior Spider-Man! I think that's what they kind of did with the Ben Riley slash Scarlet Spider ideas, but that was more or less just cloning technology that they used for his characterizations. Right, right. But I could be wrong. I mean, they could use something of that sense, but I mean it would be interesting to see how one would be if they're in their 70s or 80s as a superhero hero hero heroine like it could be anyone really
0: I've seen older versions of say Superman Superman Wonder Woman I, I have seen a version of the Hulk who like say as an old man mm, yeah and his body is
1: refusing to die yeah, like you know very the, similar to how the new Logan film was kind of oh like right yeah that's right because he did allow himself to just get old and very um even though he's been he's older than most of us, I think if we were to follow the X Men whole chronological order, he was born in the eight, middle of the eighteen hundreds. So, at this time, he would probably be 230, 277 possibly. I think if we were to follow that's right yeah. around the time he was born. Cause I think when X Men Origins Wolverine started, I think it was eighteen forty-six, maybe or eighteen fifty-six. I'm not too certain on the like a uh, timeline again i'd have to look back onto that and get back to you on that moss
0: now i'm thinking about immortality in uh superheroes and just sort of trying to dredge my mind and yeah. think it's like okay well which ones are actually immortal I, you know there are there are marvel ones where they seem to have like say there's kind in of like Mor- yeah, the the, the thors and things yeah, like that like where Thor they seem they seem to have long life and
1: Yeah, there are some that seem to have that, but the only ones I could say that don't really have that would probably be ones like uh, Tony Stark, who is also known as Iron Man. Mm -hmm. I would think of sidekick Rhodey, also known as War Machine. I think you can kind of say Captain America does have that only due to the fact that in the books and in the the most recent movies, he was uh, cryogenically frozen for a time and woke up 70 years into the future not knowing where he was exactly. But, again, again, they can kind of pl- toy around with that sort of technology in the comics because of the fact that they can go with different eras that they can do. Like, they could do a what-if scenario, That's or right. at least, like, another idea would be using, instead of just the generic Marvel comics that they're doing for certain things, they're using the ultimate Marvel comics, like they are for the cinematic universe currently.
0: I love the what-if comics. I think... why?
1: Uh... Like, I find them quite an enjoyable experience. Like, what if... <laughs> Deadpool was to completely obliterate the entire Marvel universe. Like, go from the X Men to the Fantastic Four. To pretty much everyone, right? Uh, yeah. And and
0: do you know the the other? Because there's two versions. There's yeah. the Marvel and the DC, and I think I think the Marvel is the what if. And then there's a DC version of
1: this. Yeah, there is. I don't remember the name of it, but I do know they have some select versions of that. They do have various versions. Like there's always like the Batman, and there's always the Robin and the Nightwing and all that sort of setup. And then they also have like their villainous characters as well in certain things. Like I mean, Marvel had the Sinister Six, and other corporations like that. I think there's also the one that's almost like the Avengers, but the opposite, named Hammer. Uh, I don't. I don't really remember what. That Acronym uh, stood for, but I do know that was basically what the Avengers were, but they're super villains, from what I can remember. And then there's also the Sinister Six, like I mentioned, that was mostly for Spider Man. And then you have all DC's rogues galleries for the most part, in like the most famous ones, in the Suicide Squad.
0: Uh, what would you say is more preferred as far as you go? Would you say. Like, say, do you you like groups and teams, or do you prefer comic books, say, that are just about one character?
1: I don't mind if they're about one character, that's totally fine, but I don't mind the the group dynamics every now and then. But I'd like to see what it would be more like on the other side of the spectrum. Instead of seeing all these superheroic movies, I want to kind of see the anti-heroes, like I want to see Joker and Harley Quinn sort of movies, or even the Suicide Squad, and even see the Sinister Six, for example. Like, see some of these sort of um, rogues galleries get together to kind of combat one foe, which would be kind of the opposite of what you normally go for a superhero movie to go see. You kind of see... You want to see them get their... Tookuses wiped to the floor and then taken out and put back in a prison by certain fellows, but then... Again, it's always good to have that other side of escapism. Like, see what the others are planning. Like, what is the lizard and the rest of the Sinister Six, as well as Doc Ock, planning to do to get rid of Spider-Man? Are they getting rid of them, him in such a way where it's like, oh, we're going to steal Zeus's tear to, like, power, like, sure. power one supervillain super, like, super to take out Spider-Man once and for all, for one example. Like, Electro using that device into, like, some sort of vest and becoming hyper-electro, for one example. I do believe that is something that is kind of meant, like, kind of used in the video games as well, like, in the older games for the PlayStation and whatnot. They kind of go with that sort of route with some of them. Like, you always have to have one big baddie that you fight and then have the ultimate version. I think they did that twice in both versions that I know of. The original Spider-Man for the PlayStation 1 had Doc Ock, then he beat Carnage, and then Carnage's symbiote becomes, like, uh, Merges with Og And then cause monster Og For example well,
0: What would you say What would you say Is the Attraction Because Say we've just had This Really big movie The Avengers Endgame yeah. and And um, Even if Even if somebody Is not interested in it They They know about it Yeah yeah So Yeah, like, what do you think? Now now we're really in interview territory. What do you you think, Mr. Scott? Yes, sir. Uh, Yeah, what's the attraction
1: with uh, the superhero genre? I think it's just the form of escapism that they provide. Like, I mean, a lot of people will, like, want to root for the supervillain that you see in the movies every now and then. And there'll be some that want to root for just seeing the origin story of, like, say, Peter Parker becoming Spider-Man or Bruce Wayne becoming Batman. Like, you kind of get... For some of them, you do get the origin story of both character, like both sides of the spectrum. You kind of get the villain in certain parts. With the original Spider-Man from the early 2000s, you got that. You kind of got how Norman Osborn became the Green Goblin and how Peter Parker became Spider-Man. Right. And you kind of get that with certain movies. You don't get it often, but when they're done well, they're done very, very well for the most part. There are some that will just take the origin story, if it's been repeated and recycled to death, probably just do a quick little... Bit about it and forget about the rest of it, and then the rest will probably be more about the villain's um, development, unless they want to develop more for a sequel, which can always happen. You just never know when it'll uh, be produced.
0: I'm just remembering when we met uh, at at Vcon, and uh, it was both it was both at the panel uh, that you mentioned, yeah. the packing for the Tardis. Which is a, a, a doctor who it's about Doctor Who, but yeah. I also remember meeting you in the hallway and you know here's this guy he's dressed up you and know well as you know Tom
1: Baker uh, kind <laughs> Tom of stuff Baker- going on a little outfit going on I could definitely say I enjoy wearing what I wore because I could definitely say in certain ways the doctor is in a sense a superhero with certain yeah, villains you could yeah. kind of like throw that connection out there you could definitely say that, but he is someone that Regenerates quite often because there's never just one outfit for each doctor. There's always That's ones true. that have like a certain outfit, but we don't really notice what they look like without the rest of the clothes that they're given. Like what they provide themselves for each so, regeneration. So,
0: but you picked a particular. So this yeah. is it was at number four. Yeah, the
1: fourth one, the fourth iteration. I kind of did a mixture of him. I did a little bit of David Tennant for a little bit of it as well, and I also did okay. a little bit of Matt Smith. In a little bit of the fifth, but not too too much. I I wanted to keep my hair short for the time because I was trying to get job interviews at the time. But that's a different story altogether. But that's like I was trying to keep it short, not grow out like I did at Vancouver when I grew it out and just let it just become a full Tom Baker, even almost like uh, Colin Baker as well, who was the sixth Doctor. But I oh, tried right. to be more more astounding and be able to provide more. Uh, hilarity and more gems from doctor who from that time
0: okay now we're truly bonding because i've i've seen a lot of doctor who oh hey so for you Mm -hmm. like why why go back and see the old ones why is it not enough just to see the like say what order did you watch them in
1: well i mean i watched the fourth doctor when i was younger as a Ah. young child okay Uh, that's what i kind of remember and then When I kind of got back into Doctor Who, it was during uh, David Tennant's tenure, and I was like, oh, this is something I remember again. I I didn't really remember it that well, but then I went back and watched the original stuff that I watched as a youngster, and then I kind of went back even further, watched uh, uh, what was his name, Um, John Pertree, Patrick Troughton, and all them, all the previous ones, like William Hartnell.
0: Oh, so you actually went back and you went... and I
1: watched a little bit of them, yes, but then I went back and then I started watching Doctor Who, the one I remember watching as a youngster, and like thinking, oh wow, now I remember this. Like, I didn't remi- remember it that well, but then I started to grow back into it and enjoyed it a little bit more.
0: Where did you, when you were a kid, where did you see Tom Baker? Was it like... I think it
1: was just, like, my mother had a few oh, okay. things that her uh, brother used to just record, I guess. She just thought, you know what, maybe this kid will probably enjoy it, and I, I did, and I could definitely say it was an experience for the most part. I don't really remember how I got into watching Doctor Who, but that was who I was... uh one that I fell in love with for the most part. You definitely could say he had quite a few of the... unique companions for the most part. Like he had Romana was right. one, and then... Leela. Yeah, Leela. He had quite a few. He did enjoy his jelly babies. I'll remember, I remember that for the most part.
0: I, re- I remember the first Doctor that I saw was... Uh, and just in passing, it was sort of like what you were talking yeah. about. Like, I saw it as a kid, and I was like, what the heck is this? Yeah. And it was John Pertwee. I looked it up. It was... It's the... it's the, I think it's called The Green Death. Yeah. I I and um, it's very environmental.
1: Yeah. Like, a lot of the shows back in the day were... Like, some of those ones were very environmental. I mean, nowadays, when you look at the new Doctor Who episodes, they don't really worry that much on the environmental stuff but there are some that do Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah some
0: episodes are specific yeah
1: some of them are specific I mean one I could think of that was involving the environment a little bit was during this past season with Miss Whitaker was arachnids in the UK with an arachnid invasion of like giant super spiders that made me think of like a little bit of the old campier 2000 films like Eight-Legged Freaks and a little bit films like that that involved like the crazy supernatural out of nowhere, just, boom, popping up. But, uh, yeah, when it comes to comics, I would definitely say there are also a few other comic books involving Doctor Who as well. I definitely think I picked up one last year, but I don't remember the name of it, but I think it just involved a little bit of the the past few Doctors that were involved, because they did have a collage of all of them between, right. like, Jody from um, William Hartnell to the current one, including... Uh, the late war doctor, John Hurt, whom I would like to see a little bit more of his story kind of come back in some ways, if they were to do a little bit more about him, but I don't think that'll happen.
0: Yeah, I suspect that the the John Hurt story is going to be untold, though there are, uh, there's a audio uh, production. Yeah, uh, I remember a hearing big, about that. Yeah, a big audio, no, anyways... They're, they're, but anyways, they do they do shows, and they release them, uh, audio, new audio stories.
1: Yeah, uh, those are quite good. I mean, the most recent audio story I know of was... Um, Big Finish, that's what it's called. I think it was, Big yes, Finish. but the most recent one I know of that was actually Doctor Who related was the one that uh, uh, Tom Baker did an audio book for, I believe, himself, and he also wrote it as well, and that was the Doctor Who Serial Scratch Man that became a book that right. came out this year. right. I have not gotten around to get, get uh, getting a, like a read out of it yet, but I am willing to do so soon in the future.
0: And it was just interesting to see you dressing up as, yeah, uh, as Tom Baker. There
1: was also the fifth Doctor that was there as well, as well as the War Doctor, myself, and even Miss Whitaker, who out don't know right. where I appeared.
0: Yeah, there was somebody dressed up as the the latest incarnation of the yeah, Doctor. Uh, there was also uh, the, the War
1: Doctor, and also one that portrayed Romana, my Doctor. There was also one that portrayed as the Master.
0: Let's back up a bit. Getting into VCon. So how did that happen? Because I have my own memories of
1: of that. Like I mentioned, I got interested in VCon maybe before, like in very late 2016, 2017. I knew a little bit about it, but not enough where I was like gaining enough interest. I wanted to go to it in 2017, but did you see like a poster or something? I saw a few advertisements, yes. And then I also learned a little bit more about it through a friend of mine. When we went to nothing but games, when I went to nothing but games, I was like, oh, this is a nice little convention. I wouldn't mind helping support this sort of idea even more. And then it didn't really help it didn't well, it helped a little bit more that I was also going to one of the other events that happened. Right. That was also known as Phantom Feud, which was also something that one of the people of the West Coast Science Fiction Association were also involved in. But I don't know if it's happening this year or not. I don't think it is for a time. There might be taking a a small break because it is hard to run it every year when there's a lot of prizes to be won and not everyone's helping contribute which happens to a lot of things a lot of things must like take a break i know vcon took a a bit of a break from what i've been reading in the early 90s for a bit of time so there wasn't so currently with vcon 43 it wouldn't have been the most it wouldn't actually be 43 unless we kept on going concurrently and also other all the other things like Can, um, what's the other convention? Canvention was also happening as well. That's also. Is it Can West? Can West, I think, or Canvention? I can't remember. Canvention, you're right, yeah. But going back to the comic books, I can definitely say when it comes down to all the comic book stuff, it all depends on the reader and what they also inv- visualize as well. So, I mean, with this idea that I had, it was mostly due to the panel that you hosted last year, oh. and I was thinking, okay, what could be an idea to go about? making this a reality like what would be the whole emphasis on it like what would it be about would it be about just superheroes or would it be more of a broad spectrum of both superheroes and super villains that have recently discovered their powers and they wanted to kind of know how to dis- like disguise it and also move on into a new super city like where like how would they go about it would they hide themselves in a place where no one really knows about in like a super volcano lair or something of the sort or would they hide themselves in something along the lines of say um, just a general tower we right, don't know right.
0: I, think, I think too that, that we ought to start yeah that we ought to start with let's see th- just sort of setting up the premise that for some reason that this person this super person has to leave Where they live, and they're they're going to a different place,
1: more or less to change their identity and kind of start anew, like almost like how Clark Kent moved from Smallville to Metropolis, right? Right. That's how I kind of thought about the idea. At least go from that uh, route,
0: right? So now we are getting on the bus. Hey.
1: Yeah, thanks. Definitely. I was thinking about it along the long lines of like, what would you do if you were discovering your powers? Would you use them for good or would you use them for your own personal benefits? And how would you go about it? Do you want to be known to be living in a city where everyone knows your name or would you want to be somewhere else where no one really knows who you are? But you're able to kind of keep your identity a secret to those that you love, especially if they have found out that you've become what you've become. Like, they may not enjoy that experience of knowing that that is you. It it,
0: it almost sounds like becoming a, a larger conversation about what is the best way to... Kind to of, yeah. yeah, to yeah.
1: kind of hide it in some ways. To kind of hide it, but also, like, how to... Pack for the superhero city that you may be heading towards like would you be heading towards gotham city metropolis or would you be traveling towards another area of the states or canada or wherever it may be and how would you kind of keep that identity anonymous to everyone else would you be carrying a masquerade mask around every now and then to hide your identity that way or would you have a cape or some sort of outfit that you could also wear underneath your everyday clothing.
0: And it seems like there's, say, some superheroes that can just sort of transform themselves. They don't have to worry about wearing a second set of clothing underneath.
1: Yes, there are some, but I mean, there are some that have that some exemption to that rule as well.
0: One thing I was thinking about is employment and that you would have to have some kind of job that allowed you to kind
1: of hide that uh, role yes you're right Like I mean Peter Parker was kind of like Clark Kent they both worked for a newspaper one was the Daily Bugle and the other was the Daily Planet but it's also the same idea at least have one that works towards your benefit with Superman it was a whole different story because he was always working with Lois Lane and Lois didn't really know what was going on every time he took off but Peter Parker he was a freelance photographer so he can kind of get away with taking these photos of himself to get money for J- like for uh, his photos with J. Jonah Jameson. Right? So, uh, he wouldn't need to really worry about writing a story about it. While Lois and Clark, they would have to write the story somehow, but they wouldn't really know how to go about it. Like, did Superman, like, how did Superman save a bunch of these people? And, like, Clark didn't even know what was going on. He has to be unsure of himself and kind of, uh, not be a coward more or less like hide what he, like, what people know about him for the most part
0: there, there does seem to be like say you're, you're almost acting right? you have to act to pretend that yes. you're not what yes. you are yes that is
1: very true uh, it's also kind of the same way with uh, some of the X-Men you can kind of say as well like I mean at least with the younger ones in that whole chronological order they're all at a, at a mansion that is disguised as a school. Which not many people know that is actually not. It's more than just a school. It's more of a group of superheroes coming together to more or less save the world from some sort of Armageddon. Right. Yeah.
0: Actually, too. There's there's another example of uh, younger superheroes. yes Right. They're not getting bitten by. Yeah. uh, Like it's just like
1: some odd and very strange mutation. Right. Uh,
0: So now I'm I'm just thinking about the the panel that sort of that we would be considering where to live, what kind of employment that one would have it would also probably get into this sort of social aspect and say um, things, you know communities that you would want to be part of but also communities that you wouldn't want to be part of. Yes, yeah, so
1: that's very true you don't know how to you don't really want to show off everything so quickly, I mean you could always in some ways act as a different person each time you're not in the caution that you're in Like, you could always, like, if you're not working at, if you're not at a school, like you are with the ex-member, you're, like, just doing an everyday job, like Peter Parker or Bruce Wayne or whomever it may be, you could always find ways to, um, like I said, change your identity and keep it a secret for those that you do care about. But there are some that will somehow learn the truth. But when they do, it becomes harder for those people to kind of uh, be safe. Like, I mean, one example is Miss Mary Jane Watson for Peter Parker as well as his aunt May. Like I do believe there is one issue of comics where she does uh, pass away, but she does know Peter Parker was Spider Man the entire time. And they kind of did just like uh touch on that a little bit in the Spider Man movie a couple years ago. Like he, like how they said you do too much, you're not Superman, you know. Like they kind of made that simple nod, but maybe she does yeah. know. And I, I, I guess that's it. Okay. Sort of picking and choosing the people you're
0: going to be around. Yeah and, and then who you can reveal it to who's not going to be... In a way, in a yeah, way, it's and, kind of... In a
1: way, someone that won't turn into, like, um, Eddie Brock okay. at the Daily okay. Bugle and just expose okay. your entire secrets to right. the editor-in-chief. Like, you don't want to have it so, like... Um, okay, thank you. Editor-in-chief okay. Perry knows it's that Clark Kent is Superman yeah. while he's working at the Daily Planet. Mm-hmm. You don't want Clark to yeah, that have is. that issue.
0: That, that always... I, even as a kid, I was sort of thinking, you know, oh, this is. It's obvious. Yeah. Is it obvious to you that this is Superman? Clark it's Kent is yes.
1: Superman. Lewis, what's wrong with you? Yes, and it, it always kind of made me think that a little bit when I was younger, but <laughs> it didn't really show up that well in the movies as much as it did in the comics or the TV show. Like, you kind of notice it there. But I mean, with some of the movies, I mean, with the Richard Donnery cut, for example, for Superman 2, you can definitely tell.
0: One, that's one thing that, that Batman has over... Uh, or even, say, Spider-Man, because yeah. they have compl- they have masks... Yes, they do. ...that uh, obscure their face. Yes,
1: they do. That is very true. Like, that's something that many superheroes don't often have. There are some that will. Like, I mean, one that I can think of off the top of my head that does have one besides Spider-Man or Batman would probably be Deadpool, would be one example. But um, another one I can also maybe mention that's just a general... Masquerade mask of sorts of the Green Hornets. Ah, right, yeah. And there's always one that has some sort of, instead of just being a superheroic person with these abilities, sometimes they have something that they have on their own, like they have their own uh, way of going about it. Like there are some that have, say, a vehicle that they use to also help combat the crime, or at least some sort of gadgets like Green Hornets, Bruce, and Batman, you can kind of say are almost the same, like one of the same, but except they're different characters, just portrayed very differently. One is more of a I guess you can kind of say, one owns a newspaper organization while the other one is like a billionaire playboy who hides his identity in the night, while the other one just kind of does it during the day when he knows there's a crime going on, but also kind of spooks himself a little bit as well. Like he kind of gets away with doing the ridiculous things, but making it so he's not to blame, it's the Green Hornets.
0: I'm just thinking that maybe a better title for, or that a title for this panel could be something along the lines of how to be a super person. Yes, yeah,
1: so like, I'm only thinking, like, how to pack and how to be a super person, like, how to pack for the superhero city. Like, how that would be, maybe is the subtitle. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm only saying, like, how to be a superhero, how to pack for the superhero city that you choose to be in. It would be the whole descriptive of the story. And at least go from, like, you've just been given, like, you've just been, like, not diagnosed with anything, but you've been told... Like you just realized you have these super heroic powers, what are you gonna do? Are you gonna move out of where you reside now, or are you gonna allow yourself to um, use these powers for the good of humanity, or are you use them evil? Like, how are you gonna go about it?
0: I guess the blurb could be something like, uh, "You've just you've just been transformed into a superhero. A super what villain. the heck are you gonna do?"
1: Yes, yeah, so that is also what I was thinking. Like, I kind of get too descriptive in my own details, but at least Moss here, you are able to. Uh, get it down a little bit better than I could. No,
0: no, no. It's developing it. Yeah, it is developing. Sort of thinking about it, going, it's like, oh, yeah, right. What are you going to do? Yes,
1: that is very true. How are you going to go about it? Are you going to be one that isn't a superhero per se, but wants to be one or a supervillain of sorts? Exactly,
0: too. Yeah, which is better? That would be interesting with the audience. It's like, what do do you think would be better?
1: Yes, what would you want to be if you were this person? Like, if if you had your powers, like, say, be someone that can... um, Use their music for the pow- like for the power, like for the power of good in some ways. Like at least have someone like just generic idea of someone being like some musical uh, genius who then out of nowhere gets hit with something and then his whole body turns into a musical instrument of some sort, like a guitar or something like that. He's carrying one as an example but also too like how
0: how would that make you uh, necessarily a super person we right? don't know that's the thing yeah it's like i can i can magically make music anytime yeah, so i want if you wanted to and use those to
1: <laughs> disable your opponents i mean there are some like, there are some that can like, there are some other characters that can kind of cheat that as well i mean if you look at the x-men there is
0: look at that i think that's like what is that a camel i don't
1: know could be. It reminds me of like what you could use as a descriptive way to get away with uh, hiding your identity, to write off on some sort of uh, <laughs> <laughs> camel or something that sort of the sort. Like kind of like the Lone Ranger kind of did the same oh, thing.
0: Nicely said. Yeah. Yes,
1: yeah, so but that was also I guess one of the descri- like, um, one of the characters that helped um, define something from, like the Great Hornets. I noticed that most villains seem to
0: be. It seems to be about. Uh, you know,
1: robbing, stealing... Yeah, it's like the Penguin or Two-Face or... Yeah. These other masquerade, like masqueraded uh, villains, but not all of them... Like, I feel like there are some that are also based around the point of anarchy. For example, the Joker would be one I could definitely say is more of an agent of anarchy, or even one of these evil organizations like uh, HYDRA in the Captain, Amer- Captain, Mar- Captain America oh, series. America good point, good Like point. I mean, he's all... Like, that whole genre is all about the description of like causing chaos like there is one character that's not really chaotic but he is a bumbling person which was i believe agent bob of hydra
0: speaking of which have you seen uh the end game yet
1: no, I have not seen... Uh, okay, cousin, so I we can, won't, we won't talk about that. All right. No, no reason to make any spoilers or anything like that. But I mean, knowing what I know about the whole series, I do know they've gone with the ultimate Marvel route With the entire cinematic universe. And uh, the reason why I know this is because of uh, Nick Fury, the director of S.H.I.E.L.D., right. being uh, non-Caucasian, more of an African-American uh, chief. Yes, he still has the eye patch, which is, a, which is a good thing. Because if he did not, then I don't know if this is early in his career, which I do believe it is for those that haven't seen Captain Marvel. I do believe that is, I think, early in his time, like before everything else starts. So, so did, did you see Captain Marvel yet? I've only seen a little bit of it. So, I, I do oh, know right. what I've seen for like the trailers. That's what I noticed. So, he does we, not have the eye patch. We,
0: we can't talk about that either. No, we can't really <laughs> talk about much of the.
1: We can't really talk about much of the MCU, but we can talk about other properties in general. We can still talk about like Spider Man and all the other ones that have had movies, but there's only one I kinda wanted to say we should not go near, and that is the only superhero family I know of. And that is the Fantastic Four. We don't really wanna like I mean if it was a group, if it was a superhero family, right. not like the Incredibles, which was, I'll say, definitely a superhero like set of characters, but it wasn't like a whole where they're all, like, super... Like, they're all different, like, they're all... It's not like the 2004. It kind of is, but at the same time, it's not. For,
0: for our panel, that—that that is one consideration, because... Yeah, we might if, need to worry
1: about that sort of thing. If someone mentions, like, what if it's a family of superheroes? Like, right, yeah. would you be... Or supervillains? We don't know. Like, that's the thing. I want to at least have it be open to discussion if they have something of that sort. Like, at least how to just, like, hide yourself. Like, that's still something that they have to... And to the
0: into the finances, like because yeah. the, the building that the Fantastic Four yeah
1: the Baxter Building that is one that you have to think about as well. Like how are you going to hide
0: yourself? And to that's interesting because they don't actually hide their identities. No, they don't. So that, that's a different uh,
1: that's a different ball game. Like that is one that is going to be a very uh, curveballish question if they were to be a super heroic family that found themselves being mutated by one thing or another. That would definitely be right. something that. Would be a question to ask if someone was to come up with that. I would definitely, maybe, say, for, yeah, go ahead. I would definitely say for the most part, maybe ask, like I would say like, with the Fantastic Four, it's different because they do not really hide themselves, but they do hide how their children are as well, like for uh-huh. Reed and Susan Richards, for the most part. But the other ones, like the Fant- like for Johnny Storm or Ben Graham you can't really hide yourselves. Like, I mean, you can, but Good I mean, with Ben Grimm, that yeah. one you can't really hide. Wade Wilson, you can't really hide it. You could try, but again, like, if you're out in the public without your mask on, for the whole caution, you can't really hide that. That's the only thing with certain characters, like The Thing or Deadpool, that you can't really hide it. With others, like Spider Man, Superman, you can kind of get away with hiding it, but not really. Like, you can only hide it so well.
0: That would be an interesting way to do the panel is to. Is to ask people, say, like, if I say to sort of Scott, you're a superhero, let's talk about, you know, how you're going to do this thing. or And and sort of ask the audience, okay, you know, imagine that you're a superhero, what kind of superhero are you going to be? Yeah, like, are
1: you going to be one that has, like, extreme strength, or are you going to be one that has invisibility powers? Like, Can you hide? Yeah, can you hide your powers from people, or could you not? Right. Like, it all depends on how it's done. I mean, at least with some, you can hide it, but at the same time, you can't.
0: Maybe, maybe it's sort of maybe it's saying something like you know you can have a benefit, but then you can have you have to have, have to the yeah yes. at, at the a, same time yeah you
1: have to have some you have to have a yin and yang to each thing.
0: Right like say you know, with uh Superman, you've got your kryptonite, yes, and you that's but very true. you know you have all your great superpowers,
1: but you have your kryptonite you have your green kryptonite, yes, you gotta have your kryptonite for your in some ways to each character each con you have like if you have a pro, you have to have a con yeah. in some way or another
0: I, re- I remember another addition to Superman was that he has a moral code, that right this huge true. moral code which is an, a disadvantage it's also a good thing, but it's also a bad thing,
1: you can also add that as well to your characters like character sheet if you want to make something up about yourself like I mean this isn't just us discussing like superheroes and how they have their powers this is us like asking what sort of superpowers would you have what would what would you exactly have yourself with where would you hide yourself where would you reside if you're going to Metropolis like how are you going to pack for that like how like ask all the questions that you want out of a panel just based around the superhero or supervillain Identities like how are you gonna hide? Your, like how are you gonna go about it? Are you gonna hide yourself in the sense of like, okay, my superpower is blank and blank. I have invulnerability to certain things, and I have superhuman strength. I mean, there are some that are antiheroes as well. You can also throw them into the mix, but I mean, you can't really call them a superhero or a supervillain at the same time. Like there are some, like the Punisher, for example. Right. You can kind of describe them as a superhero to a degree because they do have a type of power that they can use like i mean
0: i was, I was just thinking lex luther might, might be an example of a public villain
1: yes i would definitely describe him as a public villain same with the joker to a degree i mean like i feel like dc comics has more of that uh moral code with that like they do allow themselves to kind of get away with it more right. than the others do yeah like um another one i can kind of say that has that sort of identity. I wouldn't really say Wade Wilson of Deadpool would have that, but hmm. in some ways he is an anti-hero. Same with Frank Castle, the Punisher. The, like, but him himself, like, he doesn't really have, like, a... Like like, like I said, Luke Luke's Luther is also, in some ways, an anti-hero villain in some ways because of the fact that, one, he uses, like, these certain... Like he doesn't really have any powers. All he has is his intellectual mindset and his ways to access certain things that not many people would think about. Like, I mean... Cadmus technology, or even um, what else would he have? Like kryptonite. Like I mean, there are many characters that do have that sort of thing as well. But again, it depends on how they are. That's
0: going to be an interesting panel.
1: Yes, it is. Like I'm, I'm definitely thinking if we expand this further. I definitely think the panel will definitely be one that will definitely ask, like, will definitely help answer a lot of questions for those that are interested in the whole idea, the whole mythology of superheroes, mm-hmm. and want to create their own character sheet for themselves. Like, I mean, this could also kind of work in the same oh, same good. medium as, like, Dungeons & Dragons Dragon in some ways as well. Oh, know, yeah, you're remember. right, yeah. Thank you. you much. Do you need to go, my dear Moss?
0: Well, we've got, uh, let's see, uh, about... 12 more minutes. Yeah,
1: that's not a problem. We can keep on talking about this for a bit. Woo! I don't. I have nowhere to really go. Like, I mentioned, like... The same idea goes for, like, how the superhero is and how the supervillain is in their day-to-day life. I mean, you mentioned Lex Luthor, like, how they are... Oh, yeah. In real life, they don't really show off their chaoticness as often as, say, one with the Two-Face or the Joker or any of those characters. They usually try to show it off in a strange direction like they'll always go out of their way to trying to just cause mayhem and destruction while Lex will be more of the thinking type of person that will later once he does show it off they're like how the heck did you do this?
0: I am curious to see uh, how many people in the audience are uh, going to um, uh, reveal that they would be villains in the uh, super city and uh, Scott has just been Scott has just been asked to take a photograph of uh, of, uh, of a person. <laughs> Let's see what what else, what can I say on my own about the uh, about the panel? I oh, I mentioned that the uh, the panel would be in my mind. I'm setting it up like a series of questions. And I'm just going over like how yeah. I, I plan out a panel. Yeah. And it's a. Uh, this is
1: something I've never really done before. I've never really planned out a panel before, but I thought, okay, what's well, an I I had a general idea for it, and I thought, all right, let's expand with someone that has done one before, with experience, and yeah. at least get like it was inspiration first, and then the idea was more or less needed to be expanded further upon.
0: And and really, it's a it's a series of questions, and yeah. you sort of you give uh, a bit of time for to, for people to answer yeah. each question.
1: Like, I always want to make sure that. The, person that's asking a question has an idea of what they want out of it right and if they have the idea of saying oh this is a very good question like we can at least go further on to it i mean we only have maybe say an hour or so for each panel so we can't really talk too too much but at least if we had to we can split it into two parts we can always have the one that is just how like how to be your superhero like how to create your superhero identity and then the other half could be like how to go about if we had to do two parts in this like in a different day or so we could have one that's huh? just like Yeah. We could do, if we needed to, like split it into two panels, like have one that's more or less how you are as a superhero or supervillain, like what your powers are, and then the other half could be like how to pack for like this sort of thing and like go more further into detail. But it would just I definitely think it would definitely need people that have gone to the first panel to kind of get a bit of a grasp on as well. If they've gotten the understandings for the most part, like what their character would be, then at least they can kind of come to the next panel at a later time during the convention and at least talk further into it.
0: It's getting bigger. <laughs> it is getting bigger.
1: That's if we got too much detail that we need to make it into it. Like if we needed to split it into two parts. That's why I'm only thinking about.
0: Well, and two, uh, over-preparation. That's my other experience yeah. and advice is to, you know, don't just sort of figure it out and go, oh, I, you know, here's an yeah, hour. You figure it out as
1: you go along. And, well,
0: and two, you know, you plan for an hour... You know, no plan for two hours. Yeah,
1: plan for two in case you do have that extra panel slot that you're able to have. If someone say cats, they well, and two that say you don't have
0: people answering because that was one thing when yeah. when it was the tar- packing for the TARDIS. Yeah, so I only that... I only had a few questions and I kept looking at my uh, other people on the panel and going, you know. Oh my gosh, are you going to talk more? And, yeah, like, there was yeah.
1: always that sort of thing with the panel that you did last year, which I still can definitely say was an enjoyable one. Like, there was always oh, it others ended, that were it ended up asking okay, yeah. about how this would happen. Like, all these yeah. sort of It was interesting. Instances. Yes, it yeah. was a very good, interesting little panel. Like, there's all these instances that no one really thinks
0: about until, like, it's asked. And, and two, it's like, okay, well, we've, you know, we, we figured out we've got to, we've got to, quote-unquote, invite people into yeah. the TARDIS and quote unquote abduct them
1: yes. and then
0: okay well what kind of people are we going to bring on the trip yeah
1: it's like who will we bring like, who, are we going to bring and I a think doctor it was, like, it was, the time it was a doctor itself. yeah, yeah. Yes, but like I mean say it was a doctor who gave us the access to the TARDIS then we at least have an idea of what we want do we want someone that knows like, like has a medical degree but then again the TARDIS does have all these textbooks and other things it can bring to its advantage and then there's other things that it could not do at the same time like what do we want to bring to the table What could it provide? Like, that's what we also kind of want to, not stray away from, but at least, like, think about, okay, what could we bring to the table for those that want to know a little bit about superheroes and supervillains, and what could they have if they were a superhero?
0: And I I think that's a good, that's a a good way sort of to transfer it over and to sort of think about it as, like, okay, here's this city... And what are say, the limitations of the city? What can the city provide, but what can't the city provide yeah like what do we need
1: yeah like if it's, a, if it's a city of superheroes and super villains, then what could you bring to the table if you have if you have a superheroic ability that not many others may think about like you could still have one that's a super strength and human being, but do you want to be someone that's along the lines of Superman or do you want someone that's along the lines of say the Hulk or the thing from the Fantastic Four or do you want to right. have someone that has a stretch build, like uh, able to stretch their bodies to a certain extent where it could be it can get into an area where you could normally not get into or is it someone that has like uh, <sighs> like an invulnerability to fire for example like Johnny Storm of the Fantastic right, Four right, like right. he's able to light himself on fire at a moment's notice if he would like to or he could just use it like just the flick of his like the snap of his fingers he could just set it up where he can light something up. Like, do you want something like that, or do you want to be able to provide more? Do you want to be a bit like Colossus, who has, again, super strength. But the downside, he's almost like the thing, but he's, like, made out of all this metal.
0: Is he metal all the time? I
1: I don't think he's metal all the time, but he is, in some ways, metal only when he wants to be. Like, he has the way to turn it on.
0: Because, yeah, I sort of have that memory. I just sort of... Every time I see him, he's always metal. And yeah. so like, oh, I do okay. know in the
1: comics she was always metal, but I know in the films, he... He can turn it off. He can turn it off. He did turn it off a couple of times, but there are some that can't really turn off their powers, like Kitty Pride. She's one that I would say can't really turn it off as much as she would like to, kinda of like Johnny Storm. And um, the downside with him is with Johnny Storm, his downside for his powers is uh he can only he can only turn them off so much, but he can't really I'm wrong, not him. Ben Grimm is what I was trying to think of. Like, Ben Grimm and Kitty Pride. Because Kitty, she she can't really stop herself running through doors or running through walls or other things like that or going through, like, I think
0: I think you're the perfect person to have on this panel because because you you are able to talk about it and yeah. you have these sort of, like, you know, you're ideas. thinking it, right?
1: Yeah, I'm always on the move with that sort of idea. Like, who to who to provide, for an example. Like, say, if you're Kitty Pride, you can only run through... Like, your powers be able to let you run through, like, uh, almost like the Nightcrawler for some ways or another, be able to walk through, like, run through surfaces that normally no one could really do without killing themselves. Or at least have someone like um, Deadpool who can't really be destroyed, but he can be liquidated into such a mass that that he heals up quickly. Like, there's always these certain people in these comics and other mediums that you don't really think about like you don't really know how they're going to react to their powers that they found out about
0: I'm just thinking of these sort of secondary characters yes. uh, it, it could be relationships like romantic relationships or it could be say yes, yes, like yes. Ba- you know Batman's Butler Alfred yeah, Batman
1: and Alfred or even um, Peter Parker and Aunt May like, exactly yeah or even Peter Parker and Mary Jane a bunch of them that have like all these uh, relationships even, to even
0: J. To. Jonah Jameson who is the sort of the job relationship yeah, the like, boss
1: yeah you have to also think about that as well with certain people I mean uh, what's his name Perry something I can't remember oh, no. Mason yeah Mason the one Perry. that runs the Daily Planet yeah, it, you have it, to think about him as well because yeah. he does have a bit of a relationship with Clark but it's more or less just about the deadlines like J. Jonah Jameson
0: it, it really starts to look like uh, inspiration from you know Marvel was inspired by DC, etc. Yes, et and vice versa. But, yeah. I mean... Of course it's different. Yeah. It is,
1: definitely, yes. But you have to also think about how these characters are given these identities and how they kind of go about it. Like, do they say, okay, this is what I can do, this is what I can't do, etc., etc., etc. Or do they have these powers for, the, for a good reason, or is it more or less because, well, they just don't know what else to do about it? Uh, the...
0: The next step for us is to come up with a list of questions. Yeah, like,
1: a, like I would always, like, out of the general, out of the questions that we've had, like, how would you know what to do with the superpowers? Like, are you going to be using them for, the good, like, the good side or are you going to use them for evil? Like, are you going to use them for your own intentions, or are you going to use them for the good of humanity? That's how Charles Xavier kind of did it for his X-Men uh, younglings that were in the school when, it, when he was teaching them. Like, he would ask them these sort of philosophical questions like how would you go about using them would you use them for good would you use them for evil like how would you use them so yeah
0: so so that would be an example of like a, a yeah. question and then we could go on to sort of ask that okay well what's the next question the next yeah, question the like, next question would,
1: yeah like what would be like if you found out your powers how would you want to know about how to use them like how would you want to go about the city if you're in a superhero city what community yeah like gonna, you know sort of for, like prevail over yeah. are you going to be like Oh, For, like Hell's Kitchen, that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, are you going to be protecting Hell's Kitchen, or are you going to be in Queens, New York, or where are you going right. to be? Like, right. Like, if you're, if you're going to be in Metropolis. Okay, who else is in Metropolis? So you also want to know who else is around, so if you are one with no super villains that you currently know of, how would you be able to combat those that have villain? like help, help those that need to combat villains, but how would you know that these villains won't come after you? Mm-hmm. Like, one example is maybe the Kingpin, like, from the Punisher and Marvel and Daredevil. Oh, like, like, Spidey and Daredevil, like, all like all three of them had to deal with Wilson Fisk at one time or another. But, like, how would you go about defeating this baddie that you don't really know much about? Like, you may know a little bit, but what would you go about with? Like, are you someone that's also an anti-hero as well? Like, right. that's also one thing you have to think about. Maybe you don't have any powers to begin with, but you want to help combat... These uh, ones that do evil to others. Ah, and that's okay. also another thing. Like, you don't have to have superheroes at birth. Like I mean, Batman didn't have any.
0: That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. you have
1: to think about all these other ones that don't have mm-hmm. any powers to begin with, like the Punisher and Batman would be ones I can think of as solid examples that don't have any powers, but they still have ways to go about it. Especially like the Green Hornet, like I mentioned earlier, also right. had no powers as well. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah.
0: So what what I'll do is uh, I will listen to this. I'm sure you will listen yeah. to this too. And uh, what we can do is
1: we can uh, kind of nitpick each other's like questions. Like exactly are the best ones to go about it. I yeah. Mean, even if I don't like uh, submit the panel and like you do Moss, at least
0: yeah, we yeah. Could
1: both submit it properly. Like I mean, if you need something, like I mentioned, I was the one that was like thinking as an idea, and I saw you were also yeah. interested in. It. Oh yeah, So yeah. I think if one has to submit it, it would probably be you. You'd probably be able to. Analyze it a little bit better than I could.
0: And the other thing is, you want to get a moderator, yes. right? So I, I would vo- I would volunteer, but it would be sort of very loose moderation. Yeah, it was just I would more just sort of the same. I think we'd have yeah. to
1: moderate each other. Ah, like, yes. If we had another person ah. on the panel as well that knows a little bit about it as well, like maybe would you be to
0: open to that? that. There's a yes. question. I'd
1: be open to having a little bit of moderation if
0: needed. Be like if oh, we- but how about to other people uh, joining the panel? Should it yeah. be just two people, or should it be? We could have
1: another few extra people if they would like to. If they're interested in the panel itself, like we'll have it almost how. it works was with the last panel that you did right it will be open discussion like, oh if, good okay like I won't have it so I we're think- just having to ask, like, ask the questions ourselves but at least have it so we know what we have for general questions and then from then onwards we can kind of like dissect other questions that people have awesome. that's what I was kind of thinking about having it so it's an open conversation with everyone so it's not just we're asking the questions to everyone else if they have a question from us what could we answer for them because and- we're not the experts here but if we had the comic book artist yes. that was an expert or someone that is a creator of comic books I mean one example I wish we had to this day still if we was able to come here probably would be expensive as all heck would be Stan Lee, if he was possible or even Rob right. Liefeld would be another example for someone that I would love to see here or even Frank Miller for example if they're possible to make an appearance but if they made an appearance it'd probably be out of like the goodness of their hearts really
0: (laughs) frank miller scares me like say i i love he scares me as well i love seeing his comic books but i've seen so many i'm not so many i've seen i've seen interviews
1: etc etc and it's like going whoa this guy is heavy he he is heavy but i'm only saying him because i couldn't really get will eisner and i still oh yeah that would be interesting yeah well i still wish i could find a way to revive him so then he can go uh I hate to be descriptive, but strangle the living hell out of Frank for his movie, The Spirits.
0: And on that note, thank you very much, Scott. Thank you, Moss, for allowing me to be a part of this. All right. And thank you for listening. listening. in. Yeah.
1: I do believe this is the end of our transmission. We will contact you soon. Yes, end of transmission. Take care. (laughs)